Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Social on Johnson Street in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you've ever bought a house, you quickly come to realize that buying something for tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars is not quite the same as buying groceries or a bicycle. And if you're like an increasing number of people these days, you decide to leave the safety of a steady paycheck and go into business on your own, you can be overwhelmed by the thousands of decisions that confront you, any of which seems to, at the time, look like it could make or break you. In either instance, starting up your own business or buying property, the difference between disappointment and success can come down to one word, advice. If you're starting up a business in Acadiana and you're looking for the kind of seasoned advice you'd expect to find on the East or West Coast, you need to go no further than Lafayette. And that's where you'll find Jeff Daly and his company, Start Stuff Industries. Start Stuff will help you start stuff. Uh, coming from an impressive tech background up north, Daly fell in love with Lafayette in 2010 and has been helping locals start stuff in Acadiana ever since. Jeff, welcome down to lunch. <laughs> Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Buying a piece of property, whether it's your home or your business, starts with finding the piece of property. On the face of it, it would seem pretty simple, but in reality, it isn't so easy to find the perfect property. And once you've found it, things only get more complicated from there, ending weeks or months later with a mountain of papers and a lifetime of debt. And with starting a business, the difference between disappointment and success in buying property can come down to who is advising you. Peggy Grace and her company, Par Realty, have been advising real estate clients in Lafayette and in Lake Charles for 25 years. In late 2016, Peggy took her company into a partnership with an international real estate company, Engel & Volkers. Having the power and resources of an international player gives Peggy a competitive advantage in Acadiana and provides an advantage for Acadiana residents looking to move out of state. Peggy, welcomed out to lunch. Thank you. Now, Jeff, I'll start with you. There's a groundswell of entrepreneurship in Acadiana, the likes of which we have n literally never seen before. On this show, we've met local people who are making products that are successfully competing with Apple. We've met people making everything from apps to 3D printers and from fishing lures to customized stethoscopes. There seems to be a widespread agreement that UL's business school is in large part responsible for our new generation of talented innovators, but I wonder if that is the only explanation. The boom is impressive enough to have attracted you to move here. What do you think is causing the growth from a rural oil and gas economy to an impressive tech and startup sector? Well, I, mean, I think there's a lot of factors that are leading to that kind of growth. You know, a big part of it is the quality of life that we have here in Lafayette. This is the kind of place that creative people want to be because it has, from us coming from a big city environment in Washington, D.C., we get pretty much everything we want in a big city, but then we also get all the advantages of a smaller town and even a rural-type community as well, all in one place. We had a moment a while back where we uh, took our dog to a pop-up dog park downtown, 
walked home to our neighborhood, uh, met a neighbor who gave us a bag of citrus, and then hung out at our house, which is almost kind of suburban, but like on an inner rig kind of deal. <laughs> Where else in a 10-minute walk can you have all three of those experiences in one no, place? That would, so, uh, um, in D.C., I, people aren't giving you free fruit. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. They're taking your fruit. <laughs> 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 the, um, you know, so I think part, part, of the, part of it's that. Part of it is that you know, we do have a history of risk-taking as a community um, and a willingness to go ahead and try something different, try and something new. basically from the oil and gas business, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And then the, big, the, the other issue issue isn't a local issue, it's a national issue in that the day and age we live in with technology being what it is, it's no longer a case where to start a business you need to have hundreds of thousands of dollars and all this you know, built-in infrastructure. Anyone can start a business tomorrow and they can be out there selling, they can be selling to a national, international audience overnight um, basically and so it creates opportunities for anyone who's got the desire to kind of get off the, the wheel of the corporate rat race and start their own thing. Whatever your passion is, there's some way to make money doing that in this day and age. At what point do they come and find you, I guess? They've had the idea, I mm -hmm. guess. Well, so far it's actually been nice in that I really haven't been out promoting myself and what I do. I just happen to have a great network of entrepreneurial friends who all, when you're trying to be an entrepreneur, especially when you're trying to bring something new to the world, it can be a very lonely kind of experience because it tends to be that very few people understand your vision of where you're trying to get to. And you're to. always afraid to tell anybody, right? That's exactly, exactly. And so I'm fortunate enough, a lot of people I've, got, I've built up trust with over the years who part of what I do for them is to give them a sounding board. Um, I can help understand their vision. I can help ask the tough questions, uh, put some ideas out there they may not have thought of otherwise, and then when appropriate, step into the business and actually take on an operational role uh, in the business as well, but do so in a way that doesn't require them to necessarily add me as an employee that adds overhead, but instead there can be more shared upside type relationships. So at this point, it's really been more a case of uh, I'm, a, I'm an inquisitive guy. I'm a, a journalist in my past life, so I can't help but ask questions and try to figure things out. And, and basically, every time I go out to do any sort of social event, I bump into a friend, I ask them what they're up to, and then one thing leads to another, and we end up doing some work together. Peggy, you already had an impressive real estate company that you built from scratch into a 25-person business in Lafayette and Lake Charles. Mm -hmm. From the outside, it looks like a winning strategy to align yourself with an international firm that's experiencing impressive growth in the U.S. market. But change doesn't come without risk. Your decision to partner with Engel and Volkers and rebrand your company meant to an extent starting over after you spent 25 years establishing trust in your own name. What was the driving force behind the decision? Was it a desire to grow, to increase revenue? Was it a reaction to other players in the market who are consolidating or, or something else? Well, it was the global reach and I knew that so I, I'm keen to the market, so I could tell that sellers needed an edge, especially in our slow down, Lake Charles is booming. They also needed the global edge, so both needed a different set of the global tools. So that's something that I could not create. We actually, my partners, Jeremy Broussard, Abby Falgu, I mean, they are sharp, and we were, cob we were cobbling everything together, like, like uh, Santa's elves. <laughs> and so they walked in with the global reach and the uh, tools that are just cutting edge and they're top-notch people at the top. So we can't do this. We, we, yeah. This is wonderful. Jeremy himself said we could do this, but it would cost us millions. So this is what we, why we tapped in. In Lafayette, is it uh, tough? I've heard, for instance, the, not a lot of high-end homes are finding buyers, is that That's the toughest part of the market? Right, I think uh, last year over a million dollar, uh, one sold. <laughs> wow, wow. That, so that. They're, uh, the, they particularly need the, the wider net. Yeah. We don't know where a buyer's coming from, but we do know that we're now casting that net wider, and it, we're, if there is one out there, we're going to find it, so. And of course, uh, uh, people being in the oil business here in Lafayette, even when things were great, 
people were being transferred out of state, out of the country. I mean, so this connection would have made sense either way. Either way. It wouldn't yeah. have spoken quite as clearly to me, but yeah. because I think the Lake Charles globalization of their community was a strong drive for my uh, attraction to that, as well as their values were the same. We're, uh, we're a boutique, mark, boutique agency, a few highly trained people, and that's what we've always wanted to be. And that is what they want to have globally. And they're striving yeah. for everyone to be trained professionally at the same level, on a global level, and all shops, no large agencies. So we connected right away. Let me ask you how great. Lake Charles is working as a market for you folks, because is you know, shortage of workers, all of that, those man camps, things like that. But some of those, it's, a lot of those jobs will be permanent jobs, but a lot of them are jobs that are just in the building, building stage. How does that affect you in the real estate side? There's some wonderful engineers that have come on the front end, Travis Woodard and CSRS, I think is the name of their firm. They did a lot of studying, and they're, they're controlling that so that we don't overbuild. And in five years, when the workers leave, the builders leave, or then we're not overbuilt. So it's a big planning stage, and they've done a lot of work, work on the front end. It's coming along well. Jeff, what have you found? First of all, really, what what brought you here? Did you have were you just like uh, walking cross country, and you happen to cut through Lafayette, or what, what brought you through here? No, it's um, uh, when I was in D.C. I got involved in uh, fiber to the home uh, at a policy level, and uh, I was doing a listening tour of communities that had deployed fiber um, to see what they were doing with it um, once oh. they had all that capacity. And so that's when I came to Lafayette and really just kind of fell in love with the people, the culture. Um, uh, I grew up in a great area, but it did, uh, it was the suburbs of Minneapolis where we just don't have the same level of culture. We talked about how that client comes in and they have the idea. Um, is there a, first of all, do you run into clients where you just know this ain't going to work? Oh, certainly. I mean, that's, uh, and that, to clarify, I'm actually most interested, uh, not necessarily in the client who has the idea, but the client who already has, has had the idea, is already working towards it, and needs that uh, force multiplier to accelerate the process, especially during the launch process of a product or service, because that's the phase when you really have to make some decisions quickly, that it will affect the direction you're going. Um, you also can't afford to, you usually can't afford to overstaff, because you don't have the resources, right. but you can't afford to understaff, because then you can't keep up with what you're, with the growth that you're trying to realize. Now, uh, do you take way. a, um, do you take an equity position in these it, companies? Each deal is unique. Um, it depends entirely. Some of it, it's, I'm getting purely paid my hourly consulting rate. Some of it, I'm, it's a hybrid between an hour, a, a, a cheaper hourly rate with some level of upside, whether it's profit sharing or equity. And some, it's pure risk, where it's just equity. Um, I will say one, one of the uh, advice I'd give to anyone who wants an entrepreneur, it helps a lot if you've got a great spouse. When we were looking to get my wife, she had taken a couple years off. I wanted to give her that time to kind of not have to work and, and relax. And I uh, went out relaxing. That was a bit of a pain in the butt with her being the homemaker. So <laughs> yeah, I'd never credit for, for that. that yeah. you know? but, um, uh, but once we decided to, uh, to get her back out there, you know, I just went through my network, and within a month, um, she had a couple of job offers that were incredible job offers that were just you know great things for her. And um, and I and for me, that's part of why I like being in a smaller market like this is because of the accessibility to folks. Yet we're still big enough where you still have resources and people with vision and, and things to make happen. Now, we don't have everything. You know, we do that's still what I was going to say. What's missing? So I think one of the big challenges we face in this market is, well, there's two big, I guess two main ones I would point to. I'm particularly interested in the software space um, in this market, and we need to have some more breakthrough successes um, so that people can realize that you can really do it here in Lafayette. So this is a company that just got to a certain size that 
Exactly. I, I think the best, the leading candidate for that right now is Waiter, um, with what yeah. Waiter's doing in our market, because right. they're they're blown and going, and I think they're going to have a, a very large exit in the next few years. That will, what that does is that wakes everybody up, and it says, oh, wait a minute, you don't have to go someplace else to do that. You can do it right here in town. Wakes up the entrepreneur, wakes up the college kid, it wakes up the investor. That's the other big thing that we face a challenge of right now, is that we have incredible wealth in this community, especially given our size. We do not necessarily have a well-developed capital infrastructure with lots of people who are in that mindset of ready to cut the check um, on stuff. And because of the fact that oil and gas is such a known quantity, there's a lot of folks who when they consider an angel investment, they consider it relative to the context of putting their money into oil and gas. And if you're looking at a tech startup, I mean, tech startups don't cash flow right away. No, they, they, they take time, right? Yeah. And that's just a very different kind of unknown uncertainty kind of deal. So as a result, there's a lot of, we have a lot of interesting deal flow starting to pop up, but we don't necessarily have a lot of guys sitting there ready to cut the checks. Um, right, right. I am excited about what uh, uh, Pete Pratos is doing over with the Acadiana Angels. Yeah, because a big help for us. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big step in the right direction of um, saying, you think he's got about 15 investors now who are all committed to um, uh, putting some money in um, into, into companies each year. I think that's a tremendous first step. They also have their big accelerator program, yep. where they got some big grant funding on all that. I think those are huge keys to moving the needle forward. We just need to keep talking about it and keep folks realizing that, um, yeah, it may be risky, but first off, if you're in the position where you have the ability to cut a check, how much of a blessing is that, right? Yeah, you right. know, and if anything, I think uh, it, we should not look at startup investment purely from a financial lens, but also as almost like, kind of like a luxury real estate kind of thing. It's something that, yeah, you don't necessarily have to do, but how cool is it that you can do it? Right, and right. if you're looking for something to kind of get you excited and something that gets you energized, what's more exciting than helping the next generation build something that can create jobs, create wealth, um, ideally make the world better in some way, and put a multiple return your, of your money back in your pocket at the end of the day. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. My guests are Jeff Daly from Start Stuff Industries, a Lafayette startup consultancy and strategy partner, and Peggy Grace from Engel & Volker's Realty in Lafayette and in Lake Charles. Now, Peggy, I've got to ask you, you're not the... In any of these markets, you're not the big player. I mean, there's a big, there's bigger play. So, how do you compete? I mean, most people, uh, how do most people find a realtor? Actually, I don't even know that. Yeah, well, they all look the same on, uh, on the surface, don't they? The all advisors do. All, yep. But when you run into a problem, it's the resourceful one that you hope you have. And how do and you? And that's what he was saying that? about resources. Well, it's an image thing. So yep. I, we have a high integrity image in our marketplace here and our marketplace there. And so it travels, it, especially Lafayette is a wonderful place to do business, so is Lake Charles. People talk. Yeah, and they Which all is say why you've got to be this good. Is, yes, you have yes. to be good. That's <laughs> correct. And now internet uh, reviews are wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so that they all look the same in the beginning, but it's when you have bumps, then that's when you're hoping you have the resourceful, smart one. <laughs> and inevitably, you're going to have bumps. I would think yeah, just I about. Think so. Yeah, just well, about. Yeah, just about. And I, I'll give a compliment. I haven't had the uh, opportunity to do a real estate deal with Peggy, but <laughs> she looks like a sweet lady, but she's a killer. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. And, if, and, 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 and if I'm one of the realtor, I want someone who's a killer. You know, <laughs> I'm, 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 Corner, this so. is great. My New York market, uh, when I was there, they said, you have the kindest, softest voice. You could be telling me I'm going to kill you, and we would say, yes, yes, yes. Wow. <laughs> that is an advantage. They, uh, they, now, Peg, let me ask you, uh, Lake Charles kind of, this whole liquid, liquefied natural gas mm -hmm. thing took off as about like five years ago or so, mm -hmm. uh, or before that. 
How did you react? Did, first of all, did you have an office over there back then? No, or? no. So you um, sort of got wind of this? Or? I was a, I'm a commercial, I'm a CCIM certified commercial broker. And we have conferences and we have uh, had a Gulf Coast conference in Lake Charles. And that was five and a half or six years ago. And they shared with us the uh, what was what was going to be happening and why it was going to be happening. So it when uh, the visual of all of the pipelines that are coming in that now we're going to be going out or it made sense. Right. It was very, very logical. And so it was it was strong and I, I listened. If I was at a convention <laughs> and somebody said that $40 billion or so was going to come 84 then was 80? the number. That's oh right. Oh my God. We have, is, uh, wow. we've modified, but it's still but, awesome. Oh, it's, <laughs> it is, that is pretty amazing. They, and you know, the most amazing thing about this story is when the, uh, these facilities were initially thought up, uh, we were going to think about bringing natural gas into the United States. Mm -hmm. And you know, the market changed, they hit shell, and all of a sudden, I don't know, we turn the valves around to send them, send them out, which is pretty. <laughs> no, it's, a fa it's more than a valve, it's fascinating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, I've got lots of other questions for you, but Peggy Jeff, it's time for the part of the show we like to call your brother-in-law. You're finally wrapping up a long day at work when your phone rings, it's your brother-in-law. Now, normally he only calls when he wants to borrow your pressure washer, but, but this time things are a little different. I'll start with Jeff. Jeff, your brother-in-law says he's got a genius idea for a business and he wants you to help him launch it. There are literally a billion apps out there in the world now. Most of them come and go without being successful. Some of them are really good, but they sync without a trace because they're not marketed properly. Your brother-in-law says he'd like to find some real good apps that didn't make it and make a deal with the owners. Then you work your magic and relaunch them. He just needs five grand or so so he can quit his job at the rice mill and do this thing full-time for a few months to get the business up and running. Uh, what do you say? You in... Uh, it depends entirely on the circumstances because, um, so anytime you're looking at is it worth doing an initiative and can it make money, first you have to figure out are you solving a problem because if you're not solving a problem then no one's going to pay you for it. All right. um, but you, can, you have to not just be able to solve a problem, you, there has to be budget associated with that problem. There has to be someone willing to cut a check. You have to think about where that check's coming. Is it coming from an existing budget, I, budget uh, item in a budget or is it something that they're going to have to allocate new money for? Because it's obviously harder to get somewhat, either direction it's going to be difficult because you have to make a case to say that if you're reallocating existing budget that your mousetrap's better than whatever mousetrap they're using today. Um, or if you're trying to get them to allocate new budget, well now you have to make the case to say why allocating that new budget is worth doing, reallocating to your idea and not the million other things that they could be doing in, in, in that fashion. Then you have to look through the operational needs of actually taking the business to market. Is it something that you actually have to build a company around and have to be able to support and then look at your cash flow of can you sustain whatever you need to be able to do so in um, this, from that this perspective. First, in this case, the first thing you might be looking at is take a look at some of these apps he's presenting mm -hmm. and find out if there's really a market for that. And Absolutely, and uh, that's what I, I see happen oftentimes is people get excited about the idea. They come up with some solution to some problem. They start running down the road of product development, but they don't think about the market development side of the equation. And that can be as much if not more work than the product development side of it because uh, history is littered with stories of people who had great ideas and built great solutions that actually would solve problems, not even count the ones that wouldn't actually solve the problems. But if you, it doesn't matter how great the, the solution is if you don't have a market that's conditioned and ready to roll and if you don't have the capacity in your team to actually go make it happen. So, um, yeah, so I, I would have to go through that, that process first before I could make, beyond, beyond cutting my check, what more important than the money is the time. 
because there's an opportunity cost to your time. That yeah, you've got a finite uh, Everyone has a finite there. number of hours in the day, right? And so. And by the way, is it just you? Uh, at this point, yeah, I'm just by myself. I like being by myself and just helping people out. I don't want to manage anyone. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> deal with myself. That's very so. honest. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> now, Peggy, your brother-in-law has a brilliant idea. There's a surge in Airbnb rentals these days. A lot of tourists are coming here from Europe. Your company has branches all over Europe. Your brother-in-law says that if he and you form an Airbnb rental division of your company, buy a couple of houses in Lafayette, New Orleans, and help people travel seamlessly from Europe to Louisiana. If you buy the houses, your brother-in-law will run the whole Airbnb side of the company, and you'll split everything 50-50. Uh, what do you say, are you in? The 50-50 would be debatable. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, if you you're, buy if the I'm houses, the capital, right. don't you think yeah. that's oh, yeah. not, uh, well, ask well, Jeff well, that. Well, I, think, I think you need to get a rate of return on your capital and then you can split the net profit 50-50. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, All right. absolutely. So Airbnb is viable. It's okay. Airbnb is wonderful. It has turned the hotel market upside down. And so someone buying a home should be looking at maybe there's an apartment in the back or is there a room that I could finish off? If if uh, things are slow as they are in uh, Lafayette, that's a wonderful income for someone to make it through the slow time. I know quite a few people in Lafayette who are doing that. They're Airbnb being a room upstairs and then they're paying their note and then things are going to get better. So, so could that be a satellite business for you or that be oh, too Oh, I do have an Air Airbnb. You do? I, do. <laughs> <laughs> I have an Airbnb, yes. This is so Strangers like your coming in. This is just like your brother-in-law. He comes up with an idea you're already doing. You know, this is, uh, this is and he I, wants half the money. I know. This, <laughs> is really, this, this is really to be feared. I, I don't know. The, uh, well, Jeff, you mentioned uh, you know where where you, the oil and gas wasn't a big area for for what you're working with. Who are there? Where are the where are the startup opportunities now? Uh, again, I think it's really endless. There's um, if uh, the day and age that we're living in right now. Um, we still are stuck with a lot of 20th century problems, despite the fact that we're living in the 21st century with all these technological capabilities available to us. And I think the big limiting factor um, that I often, uh, I kind of came to realize was that people often look at technology as the as this thing that you need to focus all your energy on, but I actually look at the social infrastructure of a problem is even more important. And one of the examples I give on that was, um, uh, when I first came to town, I had a nonprofit I ran called FiberCore, where we facilitated projects that leveraged the fiber network. And we had a project where we were working with Stellar Settings and Lafayette General to set up a telemedicine clinic for employees, so that you could have an on-site nurse with video conferencing connected to a remote doctor, get about 70% of the services of a walk-in clinic at the job site, versus having to, especially at Stellar, they've got security and all sorts of stuff. It's a real pain in the butt. Plus having to wait in the doctor's office for who knows how long yeah. and all that. Well, both parties wanted to do it. The technology was plug and play. It took about a year and a half to go live because you had to figure out what's the scope of services, what's the legal agreements between the two parties. Where's the clinic going to go? How are you going to build it out? Oh, it's Christmas season. We need to stop for a little while because Stella gets very busy during that, that time yeah. of year. And it was no one's fault. This is just the nature yeah. of when you're trying to do something new, it's, it takes time, especially when you're trying to change behavior on that. And so um, that's kind of the biggest opportunity and the biggest challenge that any entrepreneur faces is that most of, most of the times when you're trying to bring something new to the world, you're requiring people to change a behavior. And getting people to change behavior, if you can do it, then you can be locked in and be that person forever at that point and make a great business. Conversely, if you can't convince people that it's worth taking the time and energy because every time you're forcing someone to try something new, the only thing they know for sure is that's going to take more work. They don't know for sure it's yeah. gonna actually make their life better, right? So you have to get them to kind of take that leap to say, okay, it yeah. is worth 
actually taking that time, uh, time to do so. So as long as you have a, a product market fit, and as long as you have a way to address the fact that you're going to have to get people to change behaviors, reallocate money, I think there's opportunities in every industry um, you might have. And so you drive down the street just looking from side yeah, to side. Yeah. Oh, I, every, there's, I see opportunity everywhere. You know, <laughs> and, and I, I would even say in oil and gas, because um, uh, I, I do have one client uh, that I work with in the oil and gas industry where they're seeing some interesting opportunities around, they'd been, over the years, they've been building a lot of tools internally to make their own operations more efficient. Uh, and their, their, their business model is more of a time and materials type business model for their, their clients they work with. Well now they're realizing all these tools they built, they could actually productize and start making much oh. higher margin than what their current rate is yeah. on that. And, by, and they're able to productize it because the offerings they can give to their clients are going to save their clients money. And in this day and age, that's what they're all, all the oil and gas companies are very interested. What, yeah. it, what are they going to do to get more efficient you know, in, in that way? So um, there are opportunities in the oil and gas industry as well, but that's another example is that if, if whatever you're trying to sell in the oil and gas industry requires someone to cut a big check, that's not going to be easy, right? That's Whereas right. if it's something that's more of a, they can step into an existing process, just make it more efficient, and you make money off that efficiency in some fashion, there's actually a lot of opportunity um, in that space. And uh, Peggy, I asked you one half of the question, I didn't ask you the other half. We know what attracted you to Engel and Volkers, but what attracted Engel and Volkers to you and to this market? Oh, they targeted Lafayette and Lake Charles as emerging markets. And then they came to my door because I had a similar operation to their shop model, high professional level. You know that was uh, we, you know, the best locations. We had we are locations in River Ranch, so they knocked on my door. Mm -hmm. Really, it's a great so they, deal. They sought you. Oh, this, uh huh. Wow. Well, and, and she's not blowing smoke. We had a chance to go to their uh, their opening ceremony deal and, and was visiting with the guy from Engels Vocler and he was rather uh, effusive in his praise for how well what, uh, how well Peggy and her team aligned with what Engels Vocler's represents as an international brand. Wow, I think somebody we're a star. to back you up I think here. we're a star. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They, uh... <laughs> now, there's no doubt that the business environment in Lafayette and parts of Acadiana are changing. Uh, we've had tough times with a volatile oil market battering the economy and challenges with floods that have depleted the workforce. But out of all this adversity, the entrepreneurial sector, the tech sector, and in some areas, major projects are contributing to a changing economy that has a growing number of bright spots. Uh, Peggy, Jeff, your businesses are two of those bright spots. It's been great to spend time with you, and thank you both for taking the time to join me in Out to Lunch. You're very welcome. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Peggy Grace, the owner of Engel and Volker's Realty in Lafayette and Lake Charles, and Jeff Daly, the co-founder of Start Stuff Industries. You can find out more about Peggy's Realty and Jeff's Stuff by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Social Southern Table and Bar, open Tuesdays through Saturdays with a terrific Sunday brunch. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Ann Christians. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. If you want to know what we look like, and uh, you know, really, you should check this out, they, you can find photos from the show uh, on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Gwen O'Quinn. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's Acadiana.com and KRVS.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Calais Saloon. 
Wyndham Garden Lafayette is pet and family friendly with free parking and free Wi-Fi. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the one Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Rashidi. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Southern Social Table and Bar for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.